brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to another edition of the Baseball America podcast. This is J.J. Cooper along with John Manuel. We're coming from you live from the uh, the. Baseball America podcast nook sponsored by MLB Network, which we're always uh, uh, proud and happy to be partnered with MLB Network, which I think we both watch uh, a ton of. Religiously, to, to quote Bill Maher. And, and also wanted to remind you that we have several offers right now. It's that time of year again that Baseball America celebrates its anniversary by offering you a free gift with a renewal or new subscription to the magazine. This marks the 29th year that Baseball America has provided readers with baseball news you can't get anywhere else. So lock in your savings now and receive your free gift. Visit www.baseballamerica.com backslash anniversary or forward slash, I'm sorry, forward slash anniversary. Never heard of the forward slash till the, uh, till the interwebs. So we appreciate I've never heard of backslash or forward slash. It was just a slash. I know, it was just a slash, absolutely. I don't but, think uh, every, anyone had ever written a slash the other way before. What I'm waiting for, though, with our offers that are taped up here on the wall on the podcast nook is for Jimena Caceres, our marketing uh, person. Uh, to give us a, one extolling the virtues of our new digital edition. Yes, that'll be that'll be coming. The digital edition is out. It's kind of a soft release, I think you'd say. Although if you got the print edition of the magazine, it's a pretty hard release in the mm. in the print edition of giant uh, ad. We're kind of proud of that. We're still trying to work out the bugs to get that on your iPad right. or on your tablet as well. But it but is, it yeah, is it's, very it's cool. A, if you want to read Baseball America on your computer, and you all but you missed you know, the kind of the feel of turning of pages or you want to have the print edition as quickly as you could possibly get it, uh, sign up for the digital edition uh, of Baseball America, which I just think is a, a great step for us. And uh, I think also, especially if you listen to this and you're international customer of Baseball America, you've never had a chance to get Baseball America in a timely fashion, and now you do. It, so. it will not take you three weeks to get the digital edition. That's right. And it won't take you three weeks to read it either, no. I don't think. So... Uh, so we appreciate people uh, checking out Baseball America in the 21st century fashion. And along those lines, before we dive in, we like to kind of give a little bit of the behind the scenes or also what's coming up. And yeah. just to let you know, we are, to everyone know, we are finishing up now our uh, our league top 20s. Prospect season is here. So Wabbit season is over. Prospect season is here. On the web, you'll actually, I think this is the first time we're doing this, but because of how the schedule fit as far as our printing schedule. Yeah. It's a little later in the schedule for the printing schedule, you know, because we had to get the final stats in and all. So because of that, we actually are starting League Top 20s on the website before we actually send the, the issue to the printer. Correct. Um, all the games are in, you know, all the, you, no one's going to change, nothing's going to change in the... Uh, yeah, results are in. Result Ballots have been tabulated. But you'll, so you'll see the, uh, we'll start with the rookie leagues late this week, Wednesday. Uh, we'll see the AZL, Bill Mitchell going Thursday, Gulf Coast League, and going Friday, Appy League. And then from there, you know, we'll just kind of move on up. So prospect season's here. We'll have league top 20s with chats to go with that. For the next two weeks, solid. Really yeah. almost three, three weeks. weeks. Yeah, really three weeks. Almost three solid three weeks. Three business weeks. I Especially forgot the indie chat. Because there's an indie chat that finishes <laughs> it up. You know, I've got a lot of work still to do on that. But uh, JJ and uh, Matt Eddy, I think, are the only two people with, uh, with, with multiple leagues. 
you technically have like seven. <laughs> but it's only all the indie leagues, but you could barely scrape together ten prospects. To yeah, it's not. I mean, you don't want to force it. And I could throw more names, although maybe I should have last year because Brandon Kinsler, who's a big leaguer now, was on my list of guys I talked about, but just didn't was not close to the top ten, and now he's a big leaguer. So it is. Uh, who is your all-time best prospect out of that? Is it Daniel Nava? Oh, or it's is Daniel Nava. Better? Oh, right. it's Daniel Nava, and it's <laughs> the golf from Daniel Nava to not all-time team. favorite. Is he really the all-time best results of? Of the top ten, of the guys? top ten guys, I mean, I thought Mike Banaka was in there. But Mike Banaka's not a big leaguer. Uh, has been a. I thought he got to the big leagues. No. I stand corrected. No, I was gonna say he's been a solid. How about the guy who's pitching now for the for the A's? That left-handed joker. Um, Carter. Yeah, he was, was not. He did not make the list. So, I, I, I mean, I, I try to. You know, it's that's the frustrating thing is is that I could almost compile scouting reports on on everyone who signs and do it that way. You know, to try to cover everyone, but. Some of these guys, if, they, if they're there, pretty wide net as it is. Like Carter's case, he never actually pitched in Kramer, a uh, Bobby Kramer. Kramer. Yeah, Kramer, Kramer, I believe, never actually pitched, or did not pitch for long in the Golden League. Did not really get a much of a read on him. We're we're digressing. We'll jump back. That's in. okay. I don't mind yeah. talking. To Bobby Kramer is a great success story. I mean, the guy's yeah. 30 years old, and he just beat Francisco Liriano head to head on Sunday. And he may have really hurt Francisco Liriano. Five Young Award candidacy. I'm, I'm on it, man. I'm on the side. That, that's what I was going to say. That's what we're going to talk about today. We There's not a whole lot of – we can, I think, finish our pennant talk, you know, the playoff race talk pretty quickly, which is AL pretty set. We you have know. four teams. We know who's, we we know know who's, who's going. It. It's just a matter of how they shuffle around a little bit. And Kudos to the, uh, to the Twins for uh, their second half pulling away uh, and just, you know – I think a lot of people. Well, I don't know how many people necessarily thought this, but they're they're 43 and 16, I guess, in their last 59 games, and that almost coincides exactly with the loss of Justin Morneau. Um, and most teams don't get better when you lose the best offensive first baseman in the league. Morneau was having that kind of year uh, when he got hurt, and um, you know that's, that didn't make the team better, but they pitched so much better since then. That they have and, uh, definitely and, made up for it. Yeah, they've they've really made up for for not having him. And then uh, I guess really what's to be determined is Yankees uh, race. Who's the winner of the division? Who's the wild card? They're getting ready to play four games as we record this. JJ, if you were Joe Girardi uh, or Joe Madden, how much would it matter to you? I mean, like the loser plays the Twins, the winner gets Texas. That's really all that's on the. That's really all that's. But all that's at stake is really that. I'm not even trying to say you get to hang a banner. But really, all that's at stake is who you play. Does that matter to you? As far as making the World Series, I don't think it matters. You know, two percent. Uh, I think it really, because you know, to make it to the World Series, really, what you know, it's going to come down to is winning a first round series. The Twins are better than the Rangers, probably, but and the Rangers have Cliff Lee. The Rangers have Cliff Lee, and the Rangers have a ballpark that you know, kind of can negate a little bit of. I mean, not that good pitching can't succeed in Texas, but right. you have the fact that it is uh, a park that. Could you know you could end up a couple of slugfests there? Well, throw it all together. I mean, I, I think you probably would rather face Texas than Minnesota, but it's not that big of a difference. And if I, if I were the Yankees, I would really rather fa- face the Twins, just for, even though the Twins are the better team, because I don't want to face Cliff Lee twice. You have to make sure you beat one of those other guys. You have to win the other three games for sure. It doesn't mean that you can't beat Cliff Lee, but Cliff Lee kind of handled the Yankees in the World Series last year. I don't think Cliff Lee's going to be intimidated at all right. by the Yankees. And, uh, you know, I would not – it's kind of like the, the Mets in 86 where they had to win game six 
because they knew if they went game seven against Mike Scott with the Astros, they were going to lose. It would be kind of that same scenario for the Yankees this year if they played a game four. But it's not quite the same because Cliff Lee's not scuffing the ball like Mike Scott was. And Cliff Lee's had some, been a little banged up. So, you know, but his, yeah, but his last couple starts no, his last couple starts have been good. But what I'm saying is, is that you, you have seen some signs, a little more vulnerability from True. Cliff Lee than you saw last year where Cliff Correct. Lee was just... Correct, or, or or comparing him to Mike Scott again. So yeah, but if I were so if I were the Yankees, I'd want to win the division because I'd rather face. Yeah, I mean, I, I, well, I, I would not want to win the division. I'd rather face Minnesota. You own Minnesota in the regular season last year in the playoffs. You've owned them this year. I think they're seven and three. So even though I think the Twins are a better team, I and the Yankees prefer that matchup with Minnesota. Well, the best way I put it is, is, is you know. Minnesota's a good team, but I, I expect that we'll see an ALCS that has Rays versus Yankees, and then. See, I don't. I, I do think. Uh, I, I think the Twins are. I, I don't like Tampa's offense for a postseason. Even they're they're made to manufacture runs against better pitching. You know, they they've been very very ordinary. I also don't know that they're. Uh, you know, right now, I don't. I don't think they're going to start three starters. But like after Price and Garza, who's their third best starter right now? Jeff Neiman's really in trouble. Wade Davis might be their third best starter right now, but he is a rookie end of his first full right, season. I, I, think it's, I think the answer. And then James Shields is a veteran, but it's just okay. You well, know, he's not Shields had a great gonna year. Shields is going to be the one I think that they're. When I happen to be down there reporting that story, you know, they, you know, use the, you know, Madden can use the words, you know, James Shields is our ace. Right. You know, they're gonna. He's gonna start in that series. Got an be, 81 ERA plus. Right. So I don't. I don't. Said, I yeah. really don't think that they're better than Minnesota. I think Minnesota's a deeper, better offense. I think the Rays are better defensively. But I think the, you know, starting pitching wise, I would. I would take my chances with Minnesota right now. I know he's Brian Dunsing, but Brian Dunsing's been lights out this year. And the back of the bullpen, uh, you know, the, the, the Twins are just better. Fuentes, Caps, and John Roush are a nice little threesome back there with Jesse Crane throwing the heck out of the ball right now. They have four options at the back so of a game that I, I really like. So I, guess I think, for me, I think a the lot Twins. Of it's a belief in uh, David Price. Yeah, uh, David Price versus Francisco Liriano would be pretty great uh, be game great. one to watch. But I think the Twins, you know, to me, are the better team than, than Tampa. Uh, I understand that Tampa's records put up against the AL, AL East right, and all I, that kind of stuff. But I think Minnesota's a little right. bit better team. I think that you know, to me, New York is still the favorite just because of, you know, even though they they have shown some vulnerability. Uh, they still have Sabathia, they still have Rivera, and they still have that lineup. That lineup is that lineup, and that's even with Jeter having the poor year he's having. The middle of that lineup, no one else in the American League, even the Twins, as good as they are offensively, unless you put Morneau back in the middle of that lineup, which doesn't look like it's and likely and to happen, point, you don't compare. At this compare. point, if you even got Morneau back, it's hard to, you know, after that long a layoff to, to get back into right. not midseason form, sure. playoff form. And the thing is, you, you probably you probably would replace Jason Kubel right now. There's no way you can take Tommy out of that lineup. Right. No, you can't. And uh, you know maybe you get a little bit better defensively there because that's one of the issues I think Minnesota has. But uh, but again, we digress. We talked about a little bit about Liriana. I think in the American League East, we agree. There's there's not a, a October surprise coming from Boston. I don't think in the playoffs. No. But uh, there's been a lot of talk uh, on the interwebs again, JJ, about the, the, these awards. Is it kind of a given in the American League that the MVP is Josh Hamilton? Is he far and away the guy for you? I, I think, I, don't, I mean, far and away, I, I think you could consider other candidates. But like you match him up against Miguel Cabrera, and I think you got to go Hamilton. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't see really what the argument it is for Cabrera and. 
once you get past that, who's you know who else are we talking about? Yeah, I think it, to me the only negative on is on Hamilton is he's only quote unquote played 130 games. You know, if Boston were to make the playoffs, I think it'd be interesting to see you know, how Adrian Beltre's numbers would stack right. up because of the year he's had. And but the problem is that ain't defense, but it's not going to happen. I still, I, I actually think you can make a case that Boston's been better than Texas. They're a better team, I think, than Texas. Oh, and you but, could, I mean, um, the, you could make that doesn't mean that for the, you know, the last guys standing on the, you know, still standing, you know, kind of carrying that team. Is, right, you know, right. Something to be said for it. But How about Robbie Cano? Do you think Robbie Cano will get any votes? I mean, he's oh, I'm sure he'll get some had votes. the best season by any Yankee, and he's the middle infielder to boot. Uh, I'm sure he'll get some votes. I, I just don't think – I think Josh Hamilton's season – you you have to be looking for things to not like about it to say you know someone else. I mean he's yeah he has five fewer RBIs than Cano. That's about it. <laughs> so um, we know he won't get Keith Law's vote, but I I would definitely say that I would I would vote for you know I would vote for Hamilton. But I think if Cano gets strong support, it won't bother me because he's had a he's tremendous had a year. year. He's, he's been very, very consistent year. for the Yankees. And I mean not, you know, not Jeter's not had a down year. A Rod's been hurt and has had a down year for him. Even to share to a lesser extent, is having a kind of a down year. So, Cano's yeah, uh, kind of he's been their best offensive player, and he's much better defensively at second base than I ever thought he'd be. I'll make a point when you said that. Like you said, I won't get too upset. That's one of the great things about baseball awards. People get are upset. There, people get upset. Yeah, they do. There are not many sports out there like when the NBA MVP leaks two days before or the day That's before right. they release it every year. Like yeah. it's like. The official, like, we're going to release it tomorrow, which every NBA beat writer knows, okay, well, that means I get it today. That's it. You know, strange how that happens. But no one really gets that incensed because it just doesn't have – Bill Simmons and his little circle of friends, and that's about it. You know, NFL MVP, no one gets that incensed. Who was last year's NFL MVP? I'm embarrassed to say off the top of my head. Was it – who, who was it? I have no idea. You know, I don't I follow the NFL Man, that was, much. Was, was it one it of the Manning Manning's? Last year? I was going to Peyton. I was going to say it wasn't Eli, no, but it may have been Peyton, but I can't remember off the top of my head. And I, that's, think, it, I think it was Peyton Manning, but, but I mean, but who that's, cares? It's just not the same, you know, it's not the same. The regular Baseball has the lore, number one, and it has the regular season mattering more than in most the of the sports. The length of it. Like, yeah. I mean, the reality of it is, is that. Six months, and then, you know, the playoffs for the NBA take – two-thirds of long of the regular season, it feels like, and the, fe- the regular season is rendered so insignificant. And in the NFL, I mean, individual accomplishments do matter, but the one thing I really respect about the NFL, that team ethos is so strong. Right. I mean, the you reality know, people is really remember the team it, stuff over the individual stuff. Right, and also it's so hard to separate out because, yeah. I mean, in a batter, yes, it, things around what he does Correct. matter. Having people on base, you know. Context matters, but less so than in the But the NFL. reality of it is is that if you go up and you hit a home run, yeah. it's always a good thing. No I one ever goes, no, you know, we, exactly. the team needed a single there. No, so It's no. hard to denigrate Josh Hamilton's season from that standpoint. I wasn't also throw out, I don't think he deserves, I don't think he's going to get too much traction, but I'd love to see Carl Crawford get some votes for having his best season and it's kind of like a career yeah. award. I don't think he's going to get a first place vote. He would be my. He would be the guy I would vote for on that team. Um, yeah, but I don't, I'm not yeah, sure that he's going to even get that. I think more people vote for Longoria than Crawford. But he's had his best season, and to me, he's had his best season. It's, it's like I said, it's like a career. Star, you know, feel it's like free, a career you know, achievement. Like I'd give him like my third your or fourth farewell place vote. Parting gift from the That's Rays. Right. You know, like hey, That's you right, know, exactly. shake your hand as you're, you know, here's a nice. Pen, and his you final know, season your, with the Rays, Crawford was fourth in the American League yeah. MVP voting. That'd be cool. I think old pen would give you a watch has the Rays on it. You know, that's it. Kind of nice. Who's your uh, Who's your American League Rookie of the Year? That's the easier question before <laughs> we waste our time on. Uh, I mean, waste the best everyone's way time to put on that is, is that um, I, I mean, it's Neftali Feliz, but 
I can I shrug my shoulders when I say that? You Pretty know? much. I, not that he hasn't been fine, but there's no rookie that I can find in the AL that I go, ooh, you know, man, that's just a. Feliz is fun to watch, but I mean, he's been. It's good. He's a good closer, but he's not. His rookie year doesn't even compare for me to like say Houston Street's rookie year. Brad Houston Street's rookie year. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just it's been a really good rookie year. He's going to be, I think, better as this as his career goes on. The, the real question with him comes down to, okay, is this his role? Right. Long-term? It is. I think it is his role. I think, I think it he's is. Locked in. And I think that was, you know, that was a, you know, that was a thing we were saying back when he was in, you know, in low A. Here's late. a question: Who would you rather have, Natalie Feliz or Daniel Bard? I'd rather have Daniel Daniel Bard. They both throw hard. They both throw the heck out of it. I I would take Daniel Bard over Natalie Feliz. I'd probably rather have Feliz. And not that age matters as much with pitchers, you know. I mean, you could say, but, but, Feliz, like, Feliz's stuff is as good, if not, you know. I think it's not as good. I think his breaking ball is not as good as Daniel Bard's, and Daniel Bard's breaking ball has always been termed as like one of his deficits. But his breaking ball is better than Feliz's right, right now. But the thing I'll say is, it's I don't think if you if you don't have it, you don't have it. I don't think Nathalie Feliz has ever. I don't think he's ever had a feel for spinning a breaking ball. Bar just doesn't command his breaking ball that much, and it gets a little bit early break. But for me, yeah. Nathalie Feliz is just not ever going to have a breaking ball as good as Bard. And Bard throws just as hard, just as easy. He's less hittable this year. Similar no, strikeout rate. He's also, but he's also he, doing it at an age where when he was Nathalie Feliz's age, he was, you know, getting ready to be, be destroyed in Lancaster. No, he was in college. He was getting ready to be destroyed. Yeah, in I mean, he was. I mean, he's three years older, so Feliz is twenty-two. I guess he actually probably was getting destroyed in Lancaster. I'd still like. I, I agree with what you said. I don't think age matters that much for pitchers. So I would take Bard. Long-term career. Who do I think will be better? I think it'll be Daniel Bard. He does it I easier. Mean, I, I think he commands it. I think his breaking ball is better. But it's I, a, I think it's a fun either debate. one of them. Yeah, I was gonna say I'll, I'll take either one of them for my team if I have a team. But Bard's not rookie eligible this year. I don't believe so. No. He, uh, um, how about is there anyone else you even think? Of? I, the only other guys I even thought who will get votes are Wade Davis, Austin Jackson. I suppose there'll be some residual get, first half Brendan Bosch. But yeah, they'll and get also, votes. Uh, I threw out I, I throw out Danny Valencia as a uh, a, 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 a tremendous a, half season. A great half season. Uh, yeah. Just for value to his team, 336, 379, 462 as we speak. Like, so. like what Wade Davis did has a lot of value because finding a roughly average major league starter is something that teams will spend millions and millions of dollars to right. find in the offseason. Right. You know, and that's something that teams will trade, you know, Cornerstones of their lineup, like Ryan Ludwig, in desperate search to find someone to put in the, you know, in the rotation. Statistically, uh, in most ways you look at it, you'd say he's probably had the third best season of any of the Rays starters. He has a better ERA and ERA plus than Neiman, better than Shields. Obviously, Neiman's fallen apart down the stretch. Uh, he's third on that team uh, with a 4.19 ERA. He doesn't have great strikeout numbers, but you know he's, had a he's very been pretty solid. solid. Austin yeah. Jackson's had a very solid season. I think if you're Detroit, you're quite happy with it. At the same time, Not a it's, ton of it's batting there. average. It's batting average. Yeah, I mean, that's 300, 355, 412. He's got some stolen bases. He's played a good center field, but it's not an exciting it's year. It's not exciting, but hey, so it's year that if you're the Tigers, it's something that you look at and say, hey, yeah. you know, that was a very good way. And over a long season, I mean, he he didn't, you know, he didn't bosh it. He didn't, yeah, that's right. I think he does. He leads the American League in strikeouts. He leads all American League hitters in strikeouts, but I don't think it – has obscured the fact that he's been a productive player for them as a rookie, which is 
you know, pretty good. He's basically had as good or better a year than Curtis Granderson had. Now, let, let's see the other easy. Say, let, let's see the other easy ones okay. real quick. I think easier National League MVP. I think is a little bit easier. There's a good debate there. I think I, all I things. Think, I think that was a great debate, actually. I think there was a lot. I think that could. Do. I think it's still ongoing with the, the oh, yeah. Troy Tulowitzki's late rush here. I still think I would give it to Joey Votto, though. He's just so good, and the Reds are such an impressive success story. And to me, he just makes that team go. Now, this is where I think if you simply go by numbers, which, you know, there's a lot of debate on the Internet that, you know, that is based largely around numbers and says take the team context out of it. And to me, like, I don't – I'm not someone who says it, you have to be on a team that goes to the playoffs to be an MVP or, you know, like, which there's a lot of belief out there, kind of more traditional belief that that's, the, you know, the way you need to go. That being said, team context does matter. Right. That's, that's a point for Votto. It's also a point for Tulo or Carlos Gonzalez or who, you know. Yeah, I think team context matters enormous amount in this. Uh, I, you'd, ha- you'd have to be far and away the best player in the league for me to vote. Uh, you're the most valuable player when your team doesn't have at least a uh, – it doesn't at least smell the playoffs. Like like Albert Pujols is an MVP candidate because this team was in the playoff hunt most of the year. But – you know, like 1987, Andre Dawson, I probably would not have voted for him as Well, I, would, I wouldn't have either. Of course, his, also his 290 or whatever it was on base right, was, right. You know, was one of the things that at the time Bill James was saying, you know, there's this stat called yeah. on base, and it's actually pretty useful. Yeah. Um, you know, Gary Reedus is a good player. That's know? right. Um, Gary Reedus. Uh, former him. Billings manager, Gary Reedus. But, um, and former Billings uh, star, Gary Reedus. Wasn't that where I he was? I think so. I think you're right. Uh, 420 or whatever it was. Yeah, 328 on base for the Hawk that year. You know, but um, but that being said, I mean, you have a lot of good candidates who are on teams who are in it. And I do think it really does matter. Like, I mean, this is truly a to be determined, not with Votto. I mean, Votto's basically keep your numbers up a little bit, but the Reds have won that division as much as they're trying to like keep the Cardinals in it. The Cardinals are going, no, 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 we we don't we, want we, it. We, want, we don't want it. It's yours, you know. But but with with the Rockies, I mean, if if Tulo has another, you know, basically two weeks like he's had for the last. Yeah, if he hits 14 home runs more in his last 13 or 14 games, if he does that again, it's over. (laughs) I'll switch my vote. If he does half of that, it's over. And Troy Tulowitzki is my favorite player to watch in the major leagues. But Joey Votto's on the short list. His opposite field power is just so easy and just jaw-dropping. I mean, I love it when he he knows when he crushes one to left center field and Wade kind of drops the bat and watches it for a second, then puts the head down and sprints. I mean, he is just an amazing player. Amazing hitter. He is so much better than I thought he was going to be. He is the only star, real star in that lineup. I mean, Scott yeah. Rowland's had a very good year, you know. It's a good team Brandon around him. Brandon Phillips has had a good year. Yeah. But there are no other, you know, I mean, there is no one else in that lineup who you say, okay, well, we just, man, you know, I wonder how many pitches he's going to see in the playoffs. Jay Bruce is getting close to there, though. Jay Bruce it, has had a month. No, he's finishing he, strong. He's had a... Sandwiched around that time he was out with the oblique, yeah. he's had a he's had really almost a uh, the the Reds version of a too low kind of month. I mean he, you know, it's not been that good, but right. it's been very very good. He's having his best season, which is heartening to see. Well, Jay Bruce having that kind of year. If Bruce does what he's done here next year, then the Reds do have two franchise players, and yeah. If they have that, then yeah, that's Bruce has hit 11 of his 21 home runs in August and September, which I did not know. That no, it's been finishing he's had a several multi-homer games. It's, it's been impressive. And National League Cy Young, I think, is 
debatable, but for me, it seems like that, that's Roy Halladay's award. I mean, I, I yeah, Adam yeah. Wainwright's a fine candidate, but I think Roy Halladay is going to win that one. I, I agree. You know, I think you need to at least look at Josh Johnson when you're make, you know filling out a ballot for that. But you know, yeah, I mean, Halladay just has there. It's it's a very good year. You know, it's, yeah, hard it's, to hard it's Roy to Roy Halladay. Hard to argue. I think the eight complete games wins him some awe factor and some well, with that, writers. I mean, everything innings, else being equal. But and innings do matter. Like yeah. if you're comparing him to Josh Johnson, innings matter. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Yeah, he's got, he's been much more valuable than than Johnson from that standpoint. Um, and, and if you have a guy who will go eight, that is more valuable than a guy who's going six to seven. And uh, for the rookie of the year award, uh, you know, it's, if you have a catcher it's who's a doing that, year. usually. It's the exact opposite of the American League. You know, if if uh, Jaime Garcia of the Cardinals was the American League, oh. he'd run away with that award for me. It wouldn't even be close. Yeah, I mean, he, I would give him that award. Um, and you have lots of other capable rookies in the National League. But for me, if Hayward Mike or Posey. Stanton, I'll yeah. put it this way. If Mike Stanton was in the AL, you could It'd argue. It'd be hard not to give it to him. Yeah, you're right. You could argue it. I, you probably don't. I mean, like, you could argue that Brendan Bosch's first half is somewhat similar to Mike Stanton's second half. The argument that I'd make against that is, is that, no, no, no. Mike Stanton's never had a month where he's been awful in the big leagues. That counts against you. Yeah. Mike Stanton's just been a power threat basically since the day he. 5'11 slugging in that ballpark. In that, ballpark. that is ridiculous. That <laughs> guy's so good. Yeah. Um, and Logan awesome Morrison's to watch. been good for them too. He has been, and he's a fine uh, Twitter follow if you don't already but follow Logan that, Morrison. You know, all, you know, all that being said, I do think, you know, and. Garcia, you have to consider him because, again, we talk about how valuable starting pitching is. He's been one of the better starters in the National League. Yeah, he was the number three starter uh, for that team only because uh, Wainwright and uh, Carpenter are so good. Now, Jamie Garcia has been outstanding. But for me, it's a Posey versus Hayward battle, and I think Jason Hayward's strong finish power-wise is kind of salted things away for Jason Hayward. Not only that, but I believe he's 11th on B-Ref real quick. I think he's 11th in all of Major League Baseball and OPS Plus for regulars. And not only that, but you do, again, to me, you get credit for more games. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, that, that has more value because you've done it longer. And both teams – uh, That's not Buster Posey's fault. He would have right. been able to hit pro- – You know, I don't think there's any question he would have been able to hit at least Right. You know, if he'd have been up there on opening day. He could blame it on Brian Sabian if he wants to blame it on anybody for him not getting the award. Right, but that is that does make a difference. That being said, Buster Posey's year if, – if you told me that Buster Posey wins it, I'm not going to you know, throw anything off of it that way. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it would be, I don't, I don't be a that's Travis Shamachery. That's no, right. That's not an injustice if, if – but that year as a catcher. In the AL, the other thing that is, it's not an injustice, but it is a, it is a tragedy, yeah. is Carlos Santana was having You're right. a rookie of the year year. That is a tragedy, that he got hurt like that. That is a tragedy. It's a, it's a, let's hope he can come back from it, because you just hope that he can be healthy and catch. That right. was a pretty severe knee injury. Uh, but Buster Posey, that's <laughs> a pretty monstrous year. And I got the question yesterday on XM Radio, um, Buster Posey, Matt Weeders, who would you take long term? I think you have to answer Buster Posey. Uh, I think so. Because the only question really about Posey coming out as an amateur, the reasons that we all had Weeders as the better rated amateur was the Florida State hitter track record. That was a big factor for me and the guys I talked to. If your last name is not Drew, you usually don't live. And even those guys haven't really lived up to the billing because their billing was so high. And they, but they've obviously had very productive major league careers. Yeah. But if your name isn't Drew and you're a Florida State hitter, you usually underperform, A, and B, uh, you know, I just remember Matt Blood now scouting for the Cardinals, writing for us, 
and just comparing Posey and Gordon Beckham on the same weekend and talking about how Gordon Beckham strengthened his hands and forearms and that his swing was going to be more conducive to power with a wood bat than Posey's. And I talked to other scouts running by what Matt wrote, and, and they saw a lot of merit in that. So I always wondered. I always had that doubt about Buster Posey's power. But he has answered those questions. I mean, his power well, in professional baseball has been as far exceeded my expectations. I thought he'd be a 15 to 20 home run guy max over a full season. He's almost there in two-thirds of a year. In a tough place to hit. In a very tough place to hit. But I was going to say with that, to me, the the breakdown with Posey-Weeters has always been that you thought, you know, the thought was is that Weeters was better defensively than Posey. But you know what? It comes down to it. I mean, what Posey's done in the big leagues offensively, yeah. to me, cancels out any questions when it comes, especially, I mean, he's handling a brutal staff as far as to handle because Absolutely. they're so good. Absolutely. This, he is handling... Uh, I mean, stuff. there's no staff that has better stuff than those top four starters. And just, they're all pretty different guys, too. And you, know, you got to throw Bumgarner in. Uh, Bumgarner and Sanchez, you kind of your slinging left-handers. You throw a ton of fastballs, heavy balls, a lot of sink, a lot of movement. Lincecum is Lincecum. You got to, you know, like, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember what Andy Baggerly's nickname is. I think he wants to call Lincecum's changeup Mr. Fady. Uh, I suggested Mr. Tumbles because I love a tumble, a changeup with a good tumble. Uh, Andy never got back to me about that. But uh, and then Matt Cain has big stuff, and then Zito's got completely different stuff from all those guys with the big curveball. Right. So you have to be a quiet receiver to get him extra strikes. So uh, it's five different kind of guys, and then Brian Wilson just comes blowing straight butane out of the bullpen. So you have to be a good receiver to handle those guys, and clearly he's done that because the Giants' pitching has been right. And outstanding. So, so to me, I mean, when you compare that to say, well, Matt Weeders, well, we think that you know, and hey, we still think that the bat is going to be a solid, a very solid. Yeah. Big league bat. He's been solid average this year. I yeah. expected more power. But but that being said, you can't neglect what Posey's done offensively. Like, at this point, to say, oh, you know, you project Weeders to be as good a hitter even as Posey, it's hard to say that. He it could, is. It is but hard. he's older than Posey, and he has now, you know, what, 900, 1,000 ABs in the big leagues? 850 plate appearances with a 97 OPS plus. I mean, I think he'll get better. I think he will, too. But but, it, but at the same time, he's got a long way to catch up to what Buster Posey is right now as a hitter. No doubt. It's the Baseball America podcast with John and J.J. brought to you by MLB Network. Uh, J.J., we said the best for last, American League Cy Young Award. And that has been uh, hotly contested on the interwebs already. And it doesn't seem like there's really a consensus yet. Um, well, I think on the Internet there's a consensus. I think there uh, is. I was going to say, I think, I think if you said, you know, I, if, the, if there was, inter, you, know, in the, you know, in the internet voting, I, I think that uh, you're going to see Felix Hernandez uh, win that pretty easily. I see, I wonder if it would be easy. I do think that the consensus says, I think that there's one consensus everyone agrees on. Let's not judge it by who has the most wins. I think everybody agrees with that. I mean, even the people, the people who don't agree with that, J.J., are A, in a very small minority, and B, if they write a blog, they're forced to. It's not because no, they choose no, actually, to. I can think of one person. Paul Hoynes, I think, has written that column, I guess, on the Cleveland Indians beat I, writer. Yeah, I, I could think of one uh, uh, former beat writer who has a blog, I think, for on his own, who probably would. You know, Murray Chast does not call it a blog. Yeah. It is a website, JJ. Yeah. It is not a blog. Even if it just happens to have. So, so you, we can't call Murray a blogger, even as much as we would love to call Murray a blogger. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it. You know, obviously in the American League, you know. I, Basically, your candidates are CC Sabathia with his 20 victories and his, according to BaseballReference.com, the best WAR in the American League, best wins above replacement. 
You've got John Lester, second in the league in ERA and, and wins, and is up there in ERA. You've got David Price. You've got Francisco Liriano, and you've got Felix Hernandez. I, I mean, I, I think maybe Jared Weaver is a fringe candidate there as well. Could get a third-place vote here or there, considering he's second in the league in strikeouts. I think he's second only to Brandon Morrow in strikeouts per nine. So, yeah, if you have actually a lot of great seasons to choose from, I think, I, I think I'm undecided as of yet, leaning toward Felix Hernandez. I think you're solidly in the Felix Hernandez I'm, camp. Well, my thing is, is that, for lack of a better way to put it, if CC Sabathia was playing for the Rays with the same exact stat line, would he be at least hoisted on people as the favorite? Or yeah, not? actually, I do think so. I think if he had 20 wins and he was the league leader by two, and he had his past, you know, like what he did in Milwaukee, what he did in Cleveland. Yeah, I do think so. I don't think he's getting a huge Yankee boost. I, honestly, I don't. I, cause I, just, I think he's actually getting an like, anti-Yankee reactionary right, there may, move. But, there may, but like, like when I compare his season to David Price's, you know, there's two arguments I can see for Sabathia. One is that he has three more wins. Right, which thirty more innings pitched as well. You know, I was gonna say that's my second one. Is actually to me is the better argument. He's, he has more innings. You know, he has made three more starts and he has thirty more innings. He has a better walk rate. He has a better whip. Uh, he has a slightly better. ERA. But I mean, walk rate to me, ERA like I mean, it's nice. But you know, but at the same time, I think that Price's hits allowed are significantly better. They are better. Their whip is it's a one point one. Eight three whip for Sabathia, one point one nine three for Price. So pretty much their ERA plus one forty one for Sabathia, one forty two for Price. Their right. numbers are pretty similar. Their numbers are pretty similar. And to me, I guess the thing is, is that you know, I, Price is saying, a fine candidate. I'm not saying you know, and I wouldn't vote for Price, but to me, like if you're making the Sabathia, you know, the Sabathia argument, unless you're saying, hey, that extra three starts, those extra thirty innings, those are, to me, very very similar seasons. They are. You know, and Sabathia, in his case, is getting more offense usually in those. I haven't looked at his run support. Right, yeah, but, but you certainly it's a better, expect it. It's a better lineup Correct. than what Price has when he goes out there. Price you know, has a better defense. That's true. I would say significantly better defense than, yeah. than the Yankees. But but yeah. to me, like, what Felix Hernandez has done, especially considering, I mean, like, I know his wins are there, but Joe Posnanski had a pretty good uh, post about a week ago, I guess it was now. It was curiously long, if I recall. Yeah, shockingly long. Cause, <laughs> you know, I, I think that Joe, you know, I, I think that Joe. Woe be to those, by the way, who hacked his blog last yeah. week. Oh, come on. That's, yeah, that's a joke. But I blame um, China. But he, but he pointed out that this Mariners offense is, I mean, beyond putrid. Historically bad. Like, like one of the worst offenses of the last 35 years. I mean, they, I think it actually wrote that it was the worst offense in the major leagues in the last 35 years, which is stunning. Like he had to go back. He kept going back, and he's like. 1972, like, I think, was yeah. the last one he found. Before the DH. It's yeah. the last time he found a, you know that few runs scored. And I think their batting average would drop 10 points as a team if you took out Hichiro, which I mean, is just unbelievable. So when you say, well, you know, Felix doesn't have as many wins. It truly is a case of it's like, well, you know, he's got one to two to work with most nights. I mean, yeah, I you, think it's I th- which is a pressure all its own. I know that he's not playing pressure games, but he also knows going out there that he, you know, if he makes a two run mistake, yeah, he's probably, you know, going to be he's going, home. He's he, going to be going on un- unhappy that night. I really do think that though. I, I think that the tw- the 2005 Cy Young Award balloting where Bart Cologne won. I think that's really good. That is, to me, that's where the win-loss thing 
turn. What last year's Cy Young Award winners both won what sixteen games, right? Grinky and Lincecum. So I really don't, I don't think that just because Sabathia has eight more wins than Hernandez, I don't think he's. I, I mean, a month ago Buster Olney was talking about Felix Hernandez being the favorite despite not having enough wins. Right. I, I really think that, that that's where my resentment comes in. Is I think the blogosphere has overdone it. I think the voters are smarter now. I, I think. Well, I, I think, think they've, they've gotten a lot smarter. I think so. they're a lot smarter, and I think also the reality of it is is that the caricature of what a you know a BBWA voter is is really a caricature at this point because yeah. you know for a couple things one baseball beat writing doesn't have a job anymore <laughs> baseball beat writing is not an old man's game no it's a I mean you know I when I was down at that you know Red Sox Rays series not long ago there were not a whole lot of, you know, I, I was probably above the median age. I'm, you know, I'm in my 30s. You're an ancient 38. You know, and I'm, I was a, probably above the median age of the people who were working those games for, you know, for newspapers there, or at least right at the median age. If you're my age, you, you, you know, and you love baseball, Bill James is not some, you know, weird guy who started writing a book. It's something right, that you were right. reading when you were a kid. You know, it's probably the reason that you're a big baseball right. fan. Right. So I, I do think – I don't think there are a whole lot of voters out there anymore who have to be convinced that there's these stats besides batting average right. or ERA you right. know, or wins. I mean like – And the ones who are like that just need to be ignored. You know, the, right. ones, well, who, the ones who refuse to learn need to just be ignored. Right. I mean, and that's something where – Instead of beating into the ground and made fun of know, all the time, well, just, just leave them alone. But, and the thing about it is, is that – and hey, look, the BBWA has made it easy for people though. They, mean, have. they, they have. They have because there have been some horrible votes. Like, I mean, the Edison Volquez Rookie of the Year vote would be the ones, like, you know. Correct. Like, thankfully, he didn't win the award. Thankfully, he didn't win the, the award. The fact that he but, got a, a no, vote is a pitiful. The fact he got a vote was bad. But the worst one to me. The step worse is, is, though, is he can get a vote, but since you have the guidelines as far as who qualifies, I know. you can release it without that vote saying there was an, you know. That's what I didn't get. You can that call that guy back sense. and go, um. Volquez isn't eligible, yeah. so you need to vote for someone else. That's the part and that makes sense. And then you've avoided all of that embarrassment of basically people saying, look. Cause That's why this is the Baseball Writers Association, not the Baseball PR Directors Association, because they didn't do very good PR Because that. that is the thing that really opened them up, because what it says is, I mean, there's no other way to put it, is that this is something that, as we talked about, people care about these things. Correct. And the people who are arguing these things you know, at the same time, I will say the other hand, you know, the, the voters should, care as, the much voters the should care as much as the readers. And if you don't, then you shouldn't be voting because the reality of it is, is that you are opening it up to, you know, to, to basically derision. Absolutely. You yeah. absolutely are. I, I, I could not agree with you more. And I think uh, you deserve, you definitely deserve the derision that you're going to get. One thing I actually found that it was interesting in this debate too, uh, JJ, was if you go on BREF, you can actually search in the advanced pitching. You can search for game score average. Speaking mm-hmm. of Bill James, you thought about Bill James. Felix Hernandez has the best game score average in the American League of 63. That's his average game score uh, for comparison's sake. Uh, well, number two is actually Cliff Lee. Despite some really bad games, he does have this great game score. Uh, Jared Weaver is third. I think Jared Weaver and John Lester, who are actually three and four, those are two seasons that don't get talked about at this at all. In this debate, and you know, for me, John Lester doing what he's doing in Fenway Park as a left-handed pitcher uh, is very, very hard to do. Uh, and, 
and the fact that he's done it so consistently, I think John Lester. Right. It's amazing for a Red Sox. He leads the league in strikeouts per nine. I don't know if people are aware of that. 9.7 right, no, strikeouts I mean, per like, nine innings. So if you're saying that team performance he's got the, doesn't matter. He's got the wins. He's got the ERA plus. Right. He's got the strikeout, the ratios. So, I, I think he's, he's in the, a fine know, candidate. As good a candidate as anybody, but I think Felix Hernandez has been a little bit better. One of the ways is Felix has like 230-some innings. Which is, and, you know, yeah, uh, and that's but, to me, we yeah. both agree on this. And that's like I said, that's if you, wanted to, argue, if you wanted to argue CC, you know, over like David Price, that is a good argument to me because innings, you know, that's 30 innings yeah. that you take away from either a number six starter correct, or your, you know, sixth inning guy. Meanwhile, Nick Blackburn has a uh, 44 average game score. It's the Baseball America podcast with John and JJ. JJ, do you have any manager of the year thoughts or not really? Um, you know, I don't even think I care if the Padres make the playoffs. Doesn't really matter to me. No Dusty Baker? <laughs> I mean, no, I think no, I think that you have to take considering what, you know, I, I think it was he was a the Reds were at least a a, you know, a knowledgeable pick before the yeah. season like to be something. But, you know, I, I do think I, I think like I'm we the look Padres at the Padres and no, it's like, I agree. you know, how are they doing this? I think Bud Black is a guy one one Little thing I'll throw out there. Do you realize the Houston Astros are five games under 500? No, it's, five it's under. A great, no, it's a great I, job. I think, Brad, a, you know, to me, I don't remember who the other candidates were the year that Joe Girardi won in the National League, but the Marlins had a losing record. I know they'd given up guys and yada, yada, but the fact that Joe Girardi had been a Yankee and had studied the foot of Joe Torre and all this stuff, it's kind of a joke that he won National League Manager of the Year, in my opinion. Brad Mills is in that category. I mean, they, I mean, no, they trade me, Oswald and they trade the corpse of Berkman, and they've gotten so much better without them. It's, it's if, unbelievable. If you told me someone voted for him, I'm not complaining. I mean, it's not like they called up, you know, great prospect after great prospect. There, 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 are, there are no such things as he has a coaxed, long list of great prospects. He, he's coaxed a great year out of Brett Myers. I mean, Brett Myers having an unbelievable season. He's made their bullpen better despite the fact that his top relievers are Brandon Lyon and Matt Lindstrom. I mean, it's – I think Brad Mills' season deserves some votes, deserves some recognition. So what about AL? Uh, to me, uh, yeah, I, I guess you give it to Ron Gardenhire. I mean, they have the best record in the, in the league. And I, I love Gardy, and I think – I like – I completely agree with Posnanski's column about Gardenhire of the day. And, and, you know, lose Justin Morneau and you get better. Uh, they've had pitching injuries all year, year in and year out. You know, they had a guy in Blackbird who was in their rotation to start the year. They sent him down to the minor leagues. They plug in Dunsing. He's been outstanding. Uh, you've got to watch Liriano's innings. You know, you can't just let Liriano go. Uh, they've never had you – know, you lose your closer in spring training. He's handled that well. Uh, to me, it's Ron Gardenhire. I was going to ask you, do you think that Buck Showalter will get any votes just for his second half? Uh, this is six weeks in Baltimore. It's an amazing six weeks. I don't think – I. I I bet you he'll get some votes. I don't think he deserves to win it, but I, th- I bet you he'll get some votes. Yeah, I, I, my my own thing with that is is that it's impressive, but at the same time, it always is easier. You know, sure, it's easier to win when the but, season's over. But they haven't done it even for a month and a half. They no. did it for like two months when Lee Mazzilli was their manager early in the year, and they collapsed. And they had the best record in the American League East since he got there. No, it's it's, it's extremely it is, impressive. I, I think he'll get some votes. I don't believe uh, we'll get any Don Wakamatsu votes. No, I don't, be- I I don't believe Manny Acta will be adding to his uh, to his uh, list of uh, his uh, award presents. I kind of wonder. I would love for an Indians fan to email in and tell us, or a Nationals fan, 
what is it about Maniac that makes him thought of as this young up-and-coming manager, this potentially really good manager? I don't get it. I don't see it. I don't see it in the track record. I don't see it from what he did in the minor leagues. Besides the fact that Maniac the, wears cool hats to the winter meetings and dresses sharp and is bilingual, what is the deal with that guy? I, <laughs> I honestly don't get it. Uh, yeah. Someone has to explain that to me. I never quite got it with Eric Wedge, but at least Eric Wedge took them to the 2007 uh, you know, they, right. they won the division. Right. They were competitive a few years. They had the one year in 05 with a massive finish right. and just missed catching the White Sox. What has Manny Acta done? Like, did players get better under him in Washington? Did players get better under him in Cleveland? I don't mean to have this anti-Manny Acta rant, but I've been hearing it from my brother as a Nationals fan for years. And the thing is, I've watched, try to monitor the Indians this year. I, I don't see. I don't no, understand. I mean, the reality I, is, look, the reality with why the that Indians, guy got a job. The reality with the Indians in general is, is that the Indians have not had a whole lot of successful seasons in the last five. It'd be pretty hideous to be an Indians fan and to watch Lee and Sabathia and all these Indians expatriates play as well as they played and realize you, you never won enough with them and that you let them all go. While you, meanwhile, Travis Hafner is making what Travis Hafner makes. And you can stick a fork in him. You could have stuck a fork in him two years ago. It's a Baseball America well, podcast. I mean, John for, for Travis Hafner, that is the good thing. The, you know, great for Travis Hafner that he got all that right, money. But the wrapping up is just like it's the whole question of like, do you want to give Adam Dunn, you know, a gazillion dollars? Because yeah. It's just that that profile of essentially a you know a slow twitch DH. And you know, Travis Hafner has 11 home runs this year, and he still has an OPS plus of 124. Hey, he walks. He, the man can walk. He does walk, but uh, this is a guy who, uh, basically since he got that contract, has been pretty bad. So, Anything else, JJ? Any, any mi- anything minor league this podcast? No, I think this will be an all-major league podcast. I think we need to, to wrap this puppy up. So. We do have, as we said before, we have all the chats coming up on the minor league, league top 20s. We'll be 20s. podcasting some league top 20 stuff, yeah, too. Yeah, so there's going to be plenty of that, obviously, uh, coming up at BaseballAmerica.com. Prospect season. It is prospect season. Wabbit season is over. Prospect season is here. Uh, we also want to remind you it's also book season. The Ultimate 2011 Baseball America reference books are ready for pre-order. You can reserve your books now, and we'll ship them first as soon as they come hot off the press. You go to BaseballAmerica.com backslash store and choose among the new 2011 publications, including the Prospect Handbook, the Almanac, the Directory, the Super Register, and the 2011 Great Parks Calendar. Get the advantages in your fantasy league and be the first to get your books Visit BaseballAmerica.com slash store. Again, backslash, forward slash. slash. That's actually a sla- We're just going to say slash store. So for J.J. Cooper, I'm John Manuel with my uh, with my uh, lesser voice. Kurt Gibson-esque uh, performance here. You I did, appreciate you know, it. You, you pumped the fist as you round this second. And as you said, you probably won't have to turn me up on the equalizer. I got pumped up. I got fired up. So for J.J. Cooper, I'm John, John Manuel. We'll see you next time on the Baseball America podcast. So long, everybody.